Okay, let's get this web conference underway. We'll start with a karakia. Unahia te pō, te pō whirimarama. Tomakia te ao, te ao whatatangata. Tātai ki runga, tātai ki raro, tātai ahurau. Hemi e, hui e, tāe ki e. Kia ora tātou, hare mai, and welcome to our River Restoration online field trip. It's great to be with you this morning and it's fantastic to see not only our speaking schools with us, but also lots of listening schools, lots of enthusiastic faces. Kia ora. And a big welcome to our expert today, Anna, who is an environmental educator. Anna, would you like to introduce yourself? Kia ora koutou. Um, no airana me koterana o kutupuna. E fano mai o ki whakatū, e tipu aki o iraro i te maru o te maunga o maunga tapu, ki te taha o ngā wai o mahitahi, e noho ana o ki wairo, ko ana toku wengoa, ko tēnei taku mihi ki ngā tangata whenua o te rohine, ka mihi hoki o ki ngā tohu o te rohine. Tina koutou, tina koutou, tina tato katoa. Kia ora everyone. Yeah, so my name's Anna. I'm an environmental educator here in Marlborough. Um, I work for the district council, but I spend most of my time uh, out in the rivers and working with our local schools. Um, yeah, so it's great to be here and um, hopefully I can answer your questions. Kia ora Anna, and thanks for your time this morning. Really looking forward to the session ahead and we'll give our speaking schools a chance to introduce themselves as well. Maybe there's a student that could do that. Um, we'll start with Waitatuna School. Um, hi, I'm Jasmine from Waitatuna School. Um, Jasmine. So what have you guys been learning about that got you interested in taking part in this web conference? Uh, we've got lots of rivers around our school area, so we kind of wanted to see how healthy they were. Fantastic. Kia ora. And we'll see if we can hear from St. Gerard's. Hopefully they can, they can hear us by now. So we got someone from St. Jude's there. Thumbs up if you're you're ready to have a go there. Otherwise we'll we'll keep progressing so we don't hold people up. Yes, no, <laughs> how are we going? <laughs> we'll give them a moment to sort themselves and hopefully they can give a bit of an intro later. Okay, so for those that don't know, Ko Shelly Takawingua, your learns Kai Arahi. Hopefully you've met me already in the Google Earth tour that is part of this field trip and had an opportunity to check out the videos from our time on Te Hoi the Awa up in the Polaris area. We stayed in Havelock for that field trip and did heaps of filming and hopefully you've had a chance to see some of that because it's really cool. 
so we've got our speaking schools with us. We heard from Waitatuna and we didn't quite hear from St. Gerard's, but welcome along. Great to have you with us. And you've given us some great questions to cover this morning. Before we start, I'm just really interested to know about the Awa in your area. And this goes for our listening schools as well as our speaking schools. I want to know how healthy you think your Awa is. And it might be that you've studied it or it might be that you haven't and you're about to, but you've probably got an idea. So one being not at all healthy, five being superbly healthy, clear, and beautiful and wanting to swim in it, even drink it. Put your hand up with a scale of one to five of how healthy you think your local awa is. I think mine's about a three. It's kind of in the middle. I wouldn't say it was super healthy, but it's not that bad either. I can see a few threes there. I can see some fours, fantastic. Can I see any fives? Put your hand up way up if you think you've got a five. Oh, I can see some there, I think. Fantastic if we've got some fives, but looking around our meeting room today, I can't see that many. I wonder what we could do to bring it up from say a three to a four or to even a five. And if we're a one, gosh, we've got a bit of work to do, a bit of mahi. So we're gonna be, be talking about what mahi we can do on our hour to bring it up to closer to a five. So have a think about that because it will be different for different parts of the country, different hour. Fantastic, kia ora. So we'll get underway with our questions. And if we can start with uh, St. Gerard's School, we'll see if your sound's working. Question number one, please. Kia ora. Uh, we've had a wee change of plan and uh, Ainsley McDonald is now, her class is going to be coming in and um, speaking through Ollie's laptop. Awesome. Okay. So do, you do you want a moment to get sorted and we'll go to Waitatuna School and get their first question? That sounds like a great plan and we'll be ready in just a moment. Fantastic. Oh, well done for adapting there to the situation. Okay. Waitatuna School, we'll have your first question, please. Uh, when we study how healthy our waters were, we found lots of water snails, but we didn't find a large variety of other invertebrates. Do you know why? That's a really good question to start with, and I'm very interested to hear the answer. And also, super, super well done for making sure that you have been studying your hour. So Anna, can you answer that for us? Oh Yeah, I can. So... Um, the bugs that we find in, in our stream tell us so much about how healthy it is or unhealthy. Um, unfortunately, if you look for critters in a stream and you're only finding creatures like water snails and maybe some worms, then that's a sign that the awa isn't very healthy. That's because snails and worms are able to survive in streams that are quite polluted and, and streams that have really low oxygen. They're really hardy survivors. They can survive nearly any conditions. If the stream's healthy, then you'll probably still find a few of those snails and worms living there, but you'll also find lots of other invertebrates and you'll find creatures like mayflies and stoneflies and caddisflies. They're all creatures that need clean water with plenty of oxygen. And if they're not there, then that's a sign that the awa is struggling. 
Kia ora, Anna, and great to hear that you've you've found some life in your hour. Um, you might need to do some more investigating though, because things can change over time. Put your hand up if you have found lots of worms and snails in your hour. You may not have had a chance to have a look yet, but that's a challenge from this web conference if you haven't. Oh, I can see some hands. Awesome. If you're wondering how to um, find invertebrates, check out the videos from the field trip. There is a video in particular where we worked with Canvas Town School and their students looked for critters and they found a good variety. So they show you how to do it. So check out that video. Okay, we'll see if St. Gerard's School is working, um, having changed their classroom. Can we have your first question, please? How do water and animal life affect the water quality? Okay, so how do animals and I'm, I'm looking at my questions that I've got in front of me here that we discussed having and I can't quite see that one. Can you repeat that please? We've just got a list of questions that we shared with you. So I'm hoping they're the same ones because we might get a bit lost. Out of what is the most affected water test? Ah, kia ora. Yeah, I've got that one on the list. Anna, can you help us with that one? Yeah, sure. So it really depends with water tests on what you want to find out. Um, but my favourite, and the one I think is most effective, is looking at the bug community, so the creepy crawlies, like we were talking about the water snails and worms before. So looking at all the creepy crawly insects that are living in the stream. I like it because it's quick, it's pretty easy, and it gives you a really good over idea about the overall health of the stream. Um, the bugs that are there can tell you so much about the water quality and the quality of the whole river. Um, other tests you can do, lots of them only give you like a snapshot of what it's like at that exact moment. But if you're looking at the bug community, it's formed over a longer time, like over months, months of time rather than that exact moment. So it can give you, it can tell you what's been happening over the last few months rather than just right now. And the other thing I like about it is that I just find those, the creatures that are living in the river are so interesting. And there's what you find, you can then go deeper and find out more and more about them. Um, and, and so that makes it more fun too than just like getting a number. Um, I like how you can, yeah, really get to know your awa and a bit about the lives of the creatures living in there. Yeah, and I like that you actually have to get in the awa to investigate it to find those critters. Kia ora, Anna. And now we'll move to question number two from Waitatuna School, please. Is it okay for us to take a river stone for a souvenir, or is it, or is this not acceptable? Oh, we're getting a bit of feedback from your your class there, but I did hear that question. Thank you. So, is it okay to take a river stone as a souvenir? Um, I talked to Lewis about this because Lewis was supposed to join us this morning, but he was called away on field work and is out of cell phone coverage. So he was very apologetic that he couldn't join us this morning because it was his plan to be with us. Um, and he, he talked about this question. He was very interested in it um, because, of course, he collects pākoi, the argillite, the stone that he carves. 
And he said he only collects what he needs. So that's good advice. You only take what you need. If it's just something that looks pretty, but you're really not going to use it, maybe you should just leave it where it is. And if you do take something, um, it's something that you need, but you give thanks for it. So for him, for Lewis, he gives a karakia where he acknowledges the awa and he gives thanks. So if we're taking something from an environment, it's important that we can give back as well. If that's in a form of a karakia, that's great, giving thanks. But it also might be in the form of your action, something that you, you do to give back to the awa, whether that's a planting project, weeding, who knows, but you could have a think about that. So showing respect for the hour. Anna, is there anything that you wanted to add there for that question? No, I think that's a really beautiful answer. I was really interested to hear um, what Lois had to say about that as well. So um, yeah, no, I agree. It sounds good. And I remember now that he also said that some, some hour, there are some laws about not taking stones from the hour. And I think this is particularly important for some of our South Island awa that have ponamu, and you aren't allowed to just go and collect large amounts of ponamu. You have to have permission. So for some awa, the rules are a little bit different. So if you're unsure, it's important to contact iwi to ask, and they'll be able to, to point, point you in the right direction, give you permission, or say, no, nah, you're not allowed to do that. So it's always good to consult with the, the locals about um, particular environments. Kia ora. We'll now move to question number two from St. Jared's School, please. When does a river become unhealthy? Mm, good question, Anna. Okay, so there's quite a few things that can make a river unhealthy and um, we talked about some of those during our, um, in our virtual field trip. Um, the biggest problems here in Aotearoa for our awa are too many nutrients, too much mud or silt, or too much poo from warm-blooded animals. So our rivers, they're not used to having a lot of nutrients in them. They, they'd rather work with hardly any nutrients because when the nutrients get too high, nutrients are what's in fertilizer to make plants grow. When they get into our awa, um, they make the slime grow. So instead of having a really thin, slippery coating on the rocks that the invertebrates, the little bugs, can um, eat like grass, they grow these long, stringy green slime or brown slime. And it's too long for the um, animals to eat it like grass. It ends up just um, filling up the river with slime and it can can have lots of other harmful effects. It can make the oxygen levels drop really low. Um, so we don't want too many nutrients. Another thing that, the other thing that can make them unhealthy is the sediment, so mud or silt talked about, and that makes the river unhealthy in lots of ways. So soil's amazing when it's on land. We, it, it's what our ngahiri grow on. It's where we grow our food. But when it's in the awa, it becomes a kind of pollution and it makes life pretty hard for the creatures that live in the awa. It can harm them, it can fill up their homes between the, the stones with mud, it's not good. Um, and then the poo from warm-blooded animals, that, that has bacteria in it that can make us sick. So obviously we don't want that in our awa. And back before humans were here, there was hardly any of that in our awa. It's only been with things like farming and lots more stock and 
um, people around that we've started having that poo problem in our awa and no one wants to swim in awa full of poo. Um, no, no. And then the last thing is that we as humans can do to make a river unhealthy is when we take away the plants beside the awa or we change the shape of the awa, take away all those lovely little nooks and crannies, wet, uh, windy bits of the awa, bits that are deep and shallow. And when we change it and just make it all straight um, and not shaded anymore, then that's not going to help either. Mm. Put your hand up if you want to swim in an hour that has poo in it. Just testing whether people are listening. If you're putting your hand up saying you want to swim in an hour that has poo in it, you're, you're crazy. I wouldn't want to. I think that would make me very sick. Put your hand up if you're happy to swim in your local hour. I'm pretty happy to swim in my local hour. It's not looking too bad. And in the estuary and the ocean, I'm right on the coast here. Quite lucky to be able to do that, I guess. Good to see that there are some hands up. Um, some people haven't got their hands up. I wonder what we could do to help our hour so we can swim in it. Something to ponder. Okay, we'll now move to the next question from Waitatuna School, please. Um, what do you think about tourism and does it make a difference to the hour? Yora, this is a really interesting question and I'm, I'm keen to find out what the answer is, Anna. Well, I think the thing with tourism is that people aren't going to want to visit or hang out in rivers that are polluted and unhealthy. So tourism is just another reason really to look after our awa because people come to New Zealand or travel around New Zealand to see our beautiful, clean, healthy environment. Some tourism companies are, are really awesome at recognizing this and they put money or time or both back into looking after the environment. And this makes sense because if the environment's not healthy, then they won't have a healthy business. Um, and I also think it's really important that um, governments, so local government and central government have rules that make sure that the tourists aren't making the environment worse. So I think it's really important um, we make sure we've got the right number of tourists coming and encouraging um, them to do tourism that is going to help our environment or care for our environment as, at the same time as looking after it um, and enjoying it. Indeed. And you might want to think about what tourist activities happen in your area and whether there's any controls over those that can help the environment. All right, we'll now have... The next question from St. Jared's School, please. How do water and animal life affect the water quality? Yona, Anna. So fish in the hour and other water life they're usually more the victims of poor water quality rather than causing it themselves. They're kind of stuck there. Um, sometimes, though, we get fish that aren't native that have been brought here to New Zealand and have become pests, and, and they can cause problems with the health of the awa. So um, these are fish like uh, koi carp or catfish or mosquito fish. There's, there's quite a few different kinds. And they can make the river less healthy. That's, they can change, like make it more muddy. That's what catfish do. 
um, in the koi cup. And um, they can also eat our native fish or take the place, take sort of the place of them. So start eating their food or take their homes so that our native fish struggle more because of them. Sorry, just having a few internet difficulties here. Back with you. So thanks, Anna. Put your hand up if you know of any introduced species that are causing a problem in your hour. Ooh, can't see too many hands, that's a good sign. Um, maybe some monitoring would help you to know whether there are introduced species in your hour or not. All right, we're now up to, I think it's the next question from Waitatuna School, please. What would your local iwi like to change about the use of your local hour? Sorry, the computer was a little bit too far away. What would your iwi like to change of the use of your local hour? Thanks for that question. So again, I asked Lewis about this and he, he wanted to emphasize that um, our hour are for everybody to enjoy and to look after as well and to show respect for. And what he wanted to see change in the area of Te Hoeri, the, the catchment of that, is there's a lot of forestry and different land uses, farming and forestry. And if those uses aren't managed well, then a lot of sediment can end up in that hour. So he wanted to make sure that those land uses were managed really well. And he also talked about, um, you know, when they harvest trees and things, there's a lot of soil that washes down into the hour. So if there's planting alongside the hour or on the edges of the forestry, then there's a chance for those plants to filter out some of that sediment, so to reduce the impact of that land use. So about, about managing how we use the land, because of course, what happens on the land affects the hour. So that was what Lewis told me. Anna, you've probably got some ideas as well. Uh, no, I agree. I agree with Lewis. And um, this, the restoration project that's happening in Te Hoere, that's that's what it's all about, about connecting up um, all the different people that live and work in that catchment and all looking together at what can, be done to make the river healthier and yeah, keep it healthy. So I think all working together um, is the key there. Um, yeah, everyone being involved. Mm, and that's something we certainly learnt more about during the field trip. We met so many different people from students like yourself through to uh, people that had retired volunteers, people from Department of Conservation, Forest and Bird, Marlborough District Council, the list goes on, you know, lots and lots of people working together to all help the hour. So that's a really good lesson for all of us. Okay, question four now from St. Gerard's, please. How can we keep our water clean? Mm, this is a good specific question and hopefully one that we can all learn from, take some action from. Hannah. 
right. So we can do we can do things ourselves on our individual level. So we can do things like being really careful what we're putting into rivers, and especially down um, the stormwater drains. So those grates on the side of the roads, you might not know, but they link they go into the Awa. So we can be really careful what goes down those those drains and not use them like a rubbish bin and remember that they go down there. Um, but if we want to have a, have even more impact, we can get involved in working with our whole communities, our schools or our communities to make a bigger change. And that's that whole thing of all working together. So you can let people know that you care and that clean rivers are really important. So you can use your voices or your writing or getting the word out however you can. And that will mean that the powers like councils and governments will make strong rules to protect our rivers. Um, so yeah, we can talk to people about what we know. Lots of adults don't know a lot of this stuff that you kids are learning. So you can share it with the adults in your life. They might be really surprised and you could teach them some new things so that they start to care as well. We can't care about what we don't know about. Um, and we can get involved with other people who care about this stuff. So our, if our local iwi are working to protect the awa, we can help them. Um, catchment groups, uh, river cleanup days, planting days, trapping programs. There's so many ways you can get involved with your community and um, yeah, just start working together for our awa. Oh, and the other thing is wetlands. So um, we were talking, we talked a bit about those yesterday. They're a really great natural way to care for our awa. They clean um, the natural ways of cleaning the water. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of our wetlands have, have gone now. We only have, um, I think it's between one and 5% of all of the wetlands we used to have in Aotearoa. So we can also get involved in caring for our wetlands or maybe helping restore a wetland and that will help keep our rivers clean. And Anna, I'm just wondering, as a good point of contact, because you work for Marlborough District Council, and there's a you know a council for every city, town, area, is the council a good place to um, go to talk to people to find out a bit about what's happening in your area and as a starting point? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they, yeah, that's their job is to look after our regional councils in particular. It's their job to care for um, our river health. So ask what's happening in your area and see how you can get involved. Cool, thanks Anna. And last question um, from Waitatuna School. Uh, question number five, please. How do you tell if the rock is a good one for carving and how do you carry out these heavy rocks? So I know this was a question very specific to Lewis. And um, if you haven't seen the video where Lewis talks about carving parkoi, watch that. That's in the Google Earth tour or on the videos page of the website. It was really fantastic to see the taonga that he had created. So he talked about uh, finding rocks and he showed us some. And it was actually really hard to tell the difference between the parkoi and some of the, the grey wacky, because they look quite similar. Um, Parkoi can be different colours, so it can be through from a greeny grey through to black. But he's very good at, at spotting Parkoi, and of course that's up in the Marlborough area. 
but to find a good one for carving is a little bit hit and miss. So the, the rock can be fractured, it can have cracks in it, and sometimes you can see those cracks. And he talked about the fact that those rocks that are all cracked are not going to be good ones for carving because they're just going to shatter. And um, sometimes you can't see the, the fractures, the cracks on the outside, but sometimes there are fractures inside the boulder. So it's a little bit hit and miss once he carries one out. He doesn't necessarily know whether it's going to be good until he starts working with it. But Pakoi is very strong. It's actually stronger, harder than Ponamu. And he also talked about the fact that he is blessed with a really nice large stature, very muscly. So he's able to muscle those rocks out himself, carry them out. And they're generally quite big because it's such a hard rock they don't get pummeled quite the same in the river and they're not small rocks. They tend to be sort of rugby ball sized or larger because they haven't been broken up by the river. So he muscles them out himself. Sometimes he's lucky enough to have help from, from his friends, but yeah, usually he just does that himself. So quite the process in finding the rock and finding the right stone to carve. So kia ora, thanks for that question. And now the last question from St. Jared's School, please. What is the healthiest river you, you have monitored and what makes it healthy? Kia ora, Anna. Well, I'm pretty lucky here in Wairau we have, in Waitohi we have um, lots of really beautiful, healthy our, um, the healthiest ones are usually right up in the in the mountains or the hills, um, up where there's native bush, uh, away from all the kind of damaging things that humans do to the awa. But there's one lovely, healthy awa that I visit with students often, and it's called Pine Valley Stream. And it's it flows out of the Richmond Ranges and from Fishtail Monga, and it flows down into the mighty Wairo River, which is our biggest awa here in, in Wairo. Uh, and school groups often go on camp there and they walk up through the native bush and they cross a swing bridge to get up to this site. So it's right up in, um, in the native bush. So that's what makes it really healthy. It flows out of native bush. It's got lots of shade. It has nice stable banks. So hardly any sediment going in. Um, it has hardly any nutrients or bacteria going in, so it's really, really clean. Um, and it has this amazing bug community with loads of stoneflies living there and mayflies and caddisflies and all sorts of other cool bugs. There's a really neat flatworm that lives there that's really rare, which we found a couple of times. Um, and there's lots of beautiful native fish there too, bullies, tuna or eels and dwarf galaxis are ones we often find. Um, it's just beautiful, but yeah, there's lots of other ones too up in the, in, in the hills and mountains. That's just the one that I go to the most often with and enjoy with students. Mm, and generally the, the healthier hours are higher up in the catchment, up in the hills where there's less people around and less human activity. So put your hand up if you're happy to drink from your local hour. I don't think I'll be happy just down here. If I walked further up into the catchment, up into the hills, I'd be happy drinking it, but not down here um, where there's lots of people living. 
can see some hands, that's great. It's good that you can drink from your local hour. Okay, so I'm, in a moment, I'm going to ask you if there's one thing that you are doing or you think you could do to help your hour. So I'll give you some time to think about that. One thing that you are doing or could do to help your local hour. And in the meantime, thank you so much, Anna, for those awesome answers. And a big thank you to our speaking schools, St. Jared and Waitatuna. Great to have you with us this morning. And it's really cool to see uh, that you've put so much effort into your questions. You've obviously done a bit of work already. And some of you have even started monitoring your hour. So, kia well done. And now we'll open it up for any questions from both our speaking schools and listening schools. It's great to have so many people with us this morning. We'll stay online for a few minutes to answer questions. So we may not get around to all your questions, um, but hopefully we can, we can tackle some of them. So if you pop down to the bottom of your uh, computer, you'll see a chat bubble. If you click on that, it opens up the chat window and you can add your questions in there. We'll do our best to answer those. This one's from um, Wairo class at Redwood Town School. Ethan would like to know what type of plants can help Awa and which don't help. Ah, that is a good question. Kia ora, Ethan. So, Anna, what, what type ora, of plants Ethan? can help? Just a question from the school just down the road. <laughs> um, so, yeah, here in, in um, Wairo, we have quite a few um, beautiful spring-fed awa, which are, instead of the water mainly coming running off the land, it's um, coming up from the groundwater, so the water coming up from Papa Tuanuku into the awa, um, which means they, they generally have water all year round. It isn't like um, as seasonal because the water just constantly comes up and it's, it's kind of kept about the same temperature all year round because it's been... Uh, kept that way um, from the being in the ground um, and they tend to have a bit more of a soft slightly muddy or sandy um, bed to the hour so that means that we get um, quite a few aquatic plants growing in the hour that you might not see in a in a stony hour that's being fed from the hills um, and we have quite a few native um, aquatic plants that are really struggling because we also have these other aquatic plants that have been introduced from often when people empty their fish tank or, or fish pond it will have oxygen weed in it and and other plants and they just take over from our our native ones so um a few aquatic plants and especially the native ones they're great in our hour because they provide um habitat for the places for the fish to live and and some nice bugs but when you get um too much uh, plant growth, and mainly that's those introduced oxygen weeds and things, then that's, that can just take over the whole hour and it can mean there's no room for our native plants and it can start causing problems with um, the water flow for, um, for the hour. Kia ora, thanks Anna. Um, and if you need to leave us because you've got other timetable commitments, feel free, you can just drop off um, and hopefully join us on another field trip at some stage. But kia ora, don't, don't feel like you have to hang around if you've got other commitments. But we'll carry on with our questions. I can see one from... Uh, Michaela. Michaela? Yep. yep, what have we got there? 
Um, Morena, my name is Michaela, and I was wondering if by swimming an hour, are you helping it or not? Um, you're just swimming in an hour. I don't think you're really helping it or harming it. You're probably just enjoying it. It's just, um, yeah, just treating your hour with respect while you are enjoying it. That's the main thing. So things like if you um, had to go to the toilet, you wouldn't treat the hour like your toilet. Um, so it's those sort of basic respect things of um, just making sure when we are enjoying our hour that we're not behaving in a way like that that might make it make the river more polluted. Um, but if we're just enjoying it, respecting it while we're there, um, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's good or bad. It's great that you are, are out enjoying your hour and getting to know it. Mm, that needs, leads nicely into a question from Alexa and wondering how you know whether it's safe to swim in a river or not. Yeah, well, um, there is, um, all the councils around the country do testing over the summer to um, test just to make sure that water the water quality is safe to swim. And what they're testing for is that poo problem with um, testing if there's too much poo in the hour, then there's a risk um, if you're swimming in it, you could get a nasty tummy bug, get sick from it. Um, so you can check out um, the council website or um, there's other websites. Um, there's one called LAWA, L-A-W-A, which has um, information about river health. But as a general rule of thumb, um, the, if, you, when you, if you do want to go swimming, the further up the catchment you go to, away from human, human influence, um, the safer it'll be. So if you're getting up into a place with native bush, um, not, in an, not in an area where there's lots of human activities, that's going to be safer. And the other thing is, um, if the bacteria levels are going to get high, it's going to be after rainfall because the rain washes the stuff on the riverbanks into the hour. So if you avoid two or three days after a heavy rainfall, that's a good idea um, if you're concerned about it maybe not being so safe. So go for nice clear water, not um, when it's been sunny for a while or not raining, and yeah, head up the catchment more. Yeah, and there's a question about the colour of the hour, whether if it's blue, does it mean it's safe to drink? I guess some of the things that you've already talked about could give us good information about that. Yeah, Anna. I don't think, um, yeah, our, they have different colours depending on um, what the water chemistry of the area and what the surrounding land, because they sort of reflect the surrounding land and the geology, so what the rocks are like. Um, but unfortunately, the the things that can make it unsafe, the bacteria, they're too small for us to see. So the water could look clean, uh, could, could look clear, and it could still have the bacteria in it. We can't just tell by looking. Uh, we have to either check out any information that's available from the council, or we need to just use our brains a bit and think about what's going on in the area around where you are or upstream. Mm, yeah, and if in doubt, I probably wouldn't experiment because you might get a little bit sick. Mm. So if, you, if you're out tramping or things like that and you don't want to carry all your water, you do need to check whether the hour is safe to drink. Or you can use a water filter or even you can buy little chlorine tablets to put in your water 
and then you wait half an hour and it treats the bottle of water. So that's much better to use a filter or those tablets than to buy bottled water, which comes in plastic. So there are lots of things that you can do to make sure that that um, your ara, awa is safe to drink. Okay, uh, what else have we got? Um, Andrea, I am in Tihoiri Polaris. I would like to know how I would tell if the river is clean enough to drink. I think we've answered that one. Uh, kia ora, my name is Zephyr from Awatiri's, Awatiri class. How can I help make the river clean? Big question, Anna. Okay, well, yeah, we talked about that a little bit earlier with um, getting involved in things like if you can get involved with planting beside rivers, that really helps. Um, the thing with um, with pollution in rivers is once it gets in, it's a lot harder to get it out. So the best way we can make it clean is to stop the pollution getting in there in the first place. So that's us being careful um, and our communities being careful what goes down those stormwater drains, um, being careful what we put in the creek or the, the awa, um, not treating them like a rubbish disposal. Some people put their um, grass clippings in the awa to let it take that away, but that's not good. The awa doesn't need things rotting in it. That's not going to make it more healthy. So not treating our awa like a waste disposal unit is a good start. Um, any planting beside the awa, planting always makes the awa healthier. Uh, and then anything we can do to restore or protect our wetlands, which really are the kidneys of the river system. They're the thing that cleans our, that clean our water naturally. And they're great areas for biodiversity too. So lots of plants and birds and fish live in wetlands. So we can care for those. Mm, and leads nicely into a, a question about fish tank water. Obviously, we wouldn't want to put our fish tank water straight in to the hour. Certainly not if it's got introduced species in it. So how, how could we get rid of our fish tank water, Anna? Um, I would just say not into the, uh, the natural environment. So don't go and pour it into an hour. Um, I would be pouring it through so it drains through soil. So... Um, or using our wastewater system um, if it's only a little bit. So you could pour it. If you use any of your inside drains, like a laundry tub or, um, or something like that, that's all going to a, some sort of treatment plant. So it gets treated before it goes out into the environment. So I'd use that or I'd tip it out over soil so that it gets filtered before it enters the groundwater. And then anything like... Um, if you've got aquatic plants in your fish pond or tank, um, or if you've got fish you don't want anymore, don't ever put them in the hour because they're not supposed to be there. Um, we get here in Marlborough, the council get call outs quite often to go and get goldfish out of one of our hour in town because people like try to let them go free because they don't want them anymore. But that's really not going to help our native fish species. So um, aquatic plants and things, they can go into your compost heap. Um, yeah, definitely not into the awa. Kia ora. Good, good advice. Thanks, Anna. We've got time for only two more questions, but I still want you to be thinking about what action you're going to take for your awa. I'm going to ask about that in a moment. So Jasmine from Waitatuna School uh, was wondering if the river is crystal clear and quite cold, is that good for fish and invertebrates to live in? Is this also healthy for the, the river ecosystem as a whole? I would, I would say yes, most definitely, Anna. Yes. 
Yes, definitely. That's what we want. Um, the the fish love that those sort of conditions. So cold is good. Warm water um, stresses the fish and the invertebrates out. So yeah, nice and cold. Might not be our preferred swimming temperature, but it's what the, the creatures that live there need. Yeah, and clear is beautiful. Clear means that that mud and silt is probably not in the hour too much. That means that the creatures um, are going to have plenty of homes under the rocks. There, the, the spaces between and under the rocks won't be filled up with mud and silt. So they'll have lots of places to live. When they lay their eggs on the rocks, they won't get coated with mud or silt because the water is nice and clear and they can see what's going on. They don't have to live their life um, not being able to see anything. <laughs> cool, thanks Anna. And just quickly, uh, are rivers still healthy if our river only has tuna and cockabillies in it? And that's from Ellie. Yeah, I think if there are tuna and cockabillies uh, living in it, then there probably there will definitely be food for them living in there. So maybe you just haven't uh, found it yet, <laughs> um, because yeah, for tuna to live, they eels eat a lot of have to eat quite a lot of food that uh, to grow up. So yeah, they must be eating something. There'll be lots of bugs in there, um, smaller fish. Yeah, they're probably eating some of the cockabullies. <laughs> But yeah, that's how it goes. So yeah, maybe look a bit closer, go and um, take a net down and look under the stones and see if you can find any of the bug life. Awesome. Thanks, Anna. So just putting the question out there quickly for people, is there anyone that has got an action that they're going to take for their hour that they want to share with us? Something that they can do for their local hour? So seeing seeds to grow local native plants to give to the locals to plant their riverbanks. Perfect. That is awesome. So getting local seeds. Well done. So you've obviously had a look at some of our um, stuff on the website. So you've found out how important it is to eco-source. Eco-sourcing is where you get the local seeds. Good stuff. Anyone else? Got any ideas there? But certainly that planting is very important. So that's something I'm going to leave you with, guys. Think about an action that you can take to help your local hour. But kia ora, thank you so much for your time, Anna, for your great answers this morning. And thanks to St. Jared's School and Waitatuna School for providing us with great questions and to our listening schools that have added questions as well. Hopefully it's inspired you just a little bit to think more about your local hour and what you can do for it. So kia ora koutou, well done. And now we can all unmute our microphones and say a big goodbye. Kia ora, thank you. Well done. And have a great day. Hope you can see us soon. Okay.